0: LifeWay Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. We're excited to be part of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. We joined the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network uh, because we're on the same page. We want to serve the church in her mission of making disciples by providing and promoting podcasts that help grow believers and the local church.
1: Hey, I'm Scott Sanders. And I'm Derek Hanna. Welcome to
0: The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for Gospel Centre ministry every week. Every single week. And uh, what's been happening, Scott? Well, I've just actually come back from the States. Is that right? I had a great time. I had snow in Chicago, and now I've come back to 25 degree heat in Sydney. Right. So it's, you know gone from
1: a down jacket with gloves and a beanie Yep. to... Oh. If I
0: was in Brisbane, shirt's off.
1: Yeah, shirt's off. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't even have to be summer. Oh, I mean, so you, oh, right, so you, there was snowing in Chicago. Snowing in Chicago. Right, okay. But thought you had snow. It was like deep dish pizza or something like that. But no. I did was, have deep dish it pizza at ice hockey, but oh, yep. I didn't have snow on that
0: night. Okay. The next night when
1: it got to minus four degrees Celsius.
0: Celsius, that's right. Okay. 40, that's... 35 degrees Fahrenheit, I think it is. I still haven't worked all that conversion
1: uh, stuff out. Right, okay. Good stuff. Well.
0: Now, The One Thing's brought to you with thanks to Geneva Push,
1: the Australian Church Planning Network. We are also proudly part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network, and we'd encourage you to check out our new network page on iTunes, see all of the other quality Christian podcasts that are available there, and stay at the end of the show, and we'll give you our pick of the month this month. But for now, you've pressed play on episode 37 of The One Thing, building a healthy church culture.
0: Now, this is one of the first questions from the interwebs, isn't it? I think it is, actually. I think this is the first one. Yep. So this question comes from Dave Kuhn uh, at North Parramatta.
1: G'day, Scott and Derek. Uh, I lead a church in North Rocks, and we've been meeting for 15 years. Uh, we have 240 people on our books as adults and around 70-odd kids that join us each week Uh, I've got a question about culture in church. Uh, How do you keep it healthy, knowing that culture doesn't just eat breakfast, but everything in sight? Uh, So how do we work on it? What does that look like? How long does it take to change culture? And how do you handle opposition as it changes? Uh, Thanks, guys. Looking forward to answering my question. All right, look, this is a great question because as leaders in churches, one of the, the key things that we need to do is to affect change towards biblical health and maturity. Now, the challenge for church leaders is recognising that this is both a spiritual problem as well as a skills problem. It's both. So we need to start with the first and recognise that the foundation for any change management is dealing with the heart. That's where it has to start. We need the gospel but it doesn't stop there. We don't stop there. That, that's the only thing that will bring about lasting change. But there's a, a skills part to actually helping people move from one place to another. Uh, and look, knowing that culture uh, doesn't just eat breakfast, but every single thing inside. The question we want to dig into today is how do we work on it? Well, I think that's a really helpful question, Derek. And I, and I think one of the first things that's helpful is, is
0: actually to, to understand what culture is. Uh, culture is a, a set of shared beliefs, values, and practices. So it's, it's your convictions being worked out. I think a really helpful you know, diagram that shows this comes out of uh, Eric Geiger's book, Design to Lead. Uh, it's, it's three concentric circles where he puts on the page those three Cs, uh, convictions, culture, and constructs, with convictions uh, in the centre. Uh, those con- convictions, uh, that worldview. So for us, about reaching the lost and making disciples in ever increasing numbers. That you know, fundamental shape about God's sovereignty in, in people's hearts. Uh, those those convictions work themselves out to the next. You know, circle layer, which is the culture. So that's your, you know, shared behaviours. So we, we as a church, well, what does that look like? Well, uh, it means on a, you know, a Sunday as we open up the Bible, uh, we want to be how, you know, sharing the gospel deliberately. We want to be seeing the newcomer come in. Uh, what does it look like? You know, during the week, we as a church want to uh, be sharing our faith. Uh, that's a shared behaviour that flows out of those convictions. And then the final circle are the con- constructs. So the, the systems, the, the processes that, that keep pushing back um, into that culture. Now, I, I guess a, a, helpful, a helpful framework that I've seen recently that sort of, you know, presses even for, further into sort of understanding culture in a church context um, sees sort of three layers of organisational culture. So the first layer would be artifacts. So artifacts are the observable products of the culture. So they're the symbols, the stories, the texts, the ceremonies, the rituals. So if you think about church life, you know there are a whole bunch of uh, you know artifacts, observable things uh, that you can refer to that you know demonstrate that culture. So give me an example. Uh, Well, I I guess I guess for us as as Reformed evangelicals, uh, one of those artifacts would be the expository sermon. Uh, so the expository sermon says, "Hey, we don't want to sit um, on top of the Bible. We want to let the Bible shape our, our direction. So we open up the Bible week to week and actually let the Bible speak to us. So you know, really simply, the expository you know Bible talk would be a, a simple artefact. The the second layer of organizational culture is the values. Now the values uh, they they specify rules of appropriate behaviour. So the norms about what is right and wrong, what is important and what is unimportant. And, and again. Uh, you know you'll you'll see that uh in a in a church uh, in a church service by uh you know the, the call to worship and and you know the way that um our, our music and our prayers uh prepare us for hearing god's hearing god's word and then and then responding to it and then the final aspect of organizational culture uh, is the assumption. So, what are the cultural assumptions or the the social schemas that underlie, uh, you know, organizational co- culture? So they're the taken for granted shared beliefs. Uh, they're hidden, uh, and they they must be inferred. So one of the helpful you know diagrams. I'm I'm a bit of a visual person that I've seen on this uh, is uh, is the, the culture iceberg. Uh, so you might have seen this. There's there's those visible elements of culture that you know sit above the surface so you know they're the logo logos the forms uh, the things that you can readily see then there's the invisible culture that sits below the surface they're the beliefs the values you know the worldview that we might have and you know you'll see those in denominational culture as you as you move around from church to church uh, there's the visible the invisible and then the final one is uh, that's right below the surface is is the things that are just common to us as humanity you know the way we all love laugh and cry and uh, you know, seek meaning in our lives, or, you know, to give it a reform perspective, the fact that we're all
1: totally depraved and in need of, you know, in, in need of God's love. So, culture it can be an intangible thing in some ways, but you know, good culture when you see it, and you know, bad culture when you see it. Um, so, how do you assess culture? What questions should you be asking in order to understand where your culture is at?
0: Yeah, so, uh, I mean, as, a, as I've said, artifacts, values, assumptions, they're things that can be seen uh you can assess the culture by you know in your church listening to what's talked about what's prayed for what stories are told from the past what are the heroes that are that are lifted up as as the kind of person that is celebrated by this church so a helpful way to assess it and to to think into your own church life is actually to look back you know and 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 think with that sort of uh culture that culture lens on you know what are what are the messages what are the symbols what are the things that we're regularly uh, you know coming back to that actually demonstrate or or, or show our our current culture, um, you you know as you as you do this assessment process you you might end end up actually you know thinking okay we're going to keep you know keep doing those things but I reckon what what'll happen as you assess and and start looking back looking back over those things is you'll see that there's a lot of missed opportunities in church life I think we often as church leaders don't think into this enough about what are the stories that we can be telling, what are the uh, what are the things that we can be celebrating? Uh, how can we be regularly going back in, in the in the meetings that we have, uh, in the opportunities that we have for uh, contact with you know as a as a family of God that can just continue to you know push that process through. Now, another area that you know I guess we're thinking about lots with the sort of uh, child protection that's going on as well is is the policies and the processes. You know, again, every church you know, a denomination has loads of policies and processes, those systems, uh, you know, pieces speak very loudly to what your culture actually is. And so a lot of churches have policies and processes in place because of something bad that's happened, it'd be, it'd be really helpful to have, you know, pol- it's, it's helpful to also have policies and processes in place, you know, that can be positive and that uh, uh, you know can push into stuff.
1: Okay, uh, hold that thought because we're going to drive into that in a second, tools that drive towards a healthy church culture, but uh, you've got some goodies for us.
0: Yeah, I've got some goodies. So I've, I've already talked about uh, uh, one of those one of those books that has that helpful concentric circles uh, designed to lead by uh, Geiger and Peck. That's just a, uh, it's got a helpful chapter at the start that talks about culture, convictions, and constructs. Uh, another another helpful uh, book, just sort of thinking about change and, and church organization, uh, is the the Vine Project. They've got some some helpful steps that you might want to uh, you know think into and read about. Uh, I think helpfully they think into some convictions about making disciples uh, but the first step of their process is actually owning those for yourself you know so much of of leading change and 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 leading culture change in your church is it 's actually going to be modeled by the pastor by the uh you know by the shepherd by the uh, by the teacher and then the final one there is a is a secular book um uh by Cotter. you know Cotter's cotta's talked lots about uh, change management. He's got some really helpful steps that I'll talk about in a moment. Um, I reckon it's always worthwhile uh, uh, checking you know, checking out those eight steps and understanding those more.
1: Uh, today's episode of The Toolbox and The One Thing have been brought to you in partnership with the Christian Standard Bible Podcast. Uh, what does it mean for God's Word to be effective? Christianity Today and the Christian Standard Bible have partnered together to answer this very question in the new Living and Effective podcast. Season 1, uh, join the host Richard Clark as he looks for the hidden history of the Bible, wrest- wrestles through tough questions, explores what the future holds for the church. Uh, listen and subscribe to Living and Effective wherever you get your podcast. Living and Effective is created in partnership with the Christian Standard Bible, a Bible translation that is accurate to the original languages, readable for all levels, and meant to be shared with others. All right, uh, let's talk about uh, how to think about this, some tools to drive towards healthy church culture. How long does it take to change culture? Well, uh, I, think,
0: I think it's important uh, to know that it, it's something that you, you always, you, just as you've established a culture, you've got to always just be uh, pushing back into those things and reminding people that you know culture is something that, that builds over time but it can also be quickly you know, taken away in, in a moment you know, through a crisis or through uh, something you know, impacting uh, a team. So if you, if, you, if you think about teams, for example, every time you get a new member in, um, you've got to, again, you know, form and storm you know, the culture of the team. Uh, you, ca- you can't just assume that how we operated with three people uh, is going to be the same as how we operated you know, with five people. And uh, even if you had five people and had you know, five different people, You've got to again understand the you know the team culture, uh, those shared behaviours. How, how do we actually communicate with each other? Uh, and they're, they're not always you know they're, they're not always the same. I'm, I'm just thinking about a uh, you know just the way we put together our podcast. You know we've been reflecting on how we communicate, and we've we've realised that you know emails probably aren't the best you know form of actually you know getting getting decisions made and 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 having things uh, understood together as a team. So we've got to all you know work on. On, uh, on, on using Slack, um, you know, as a, as a better tool to understand that. Now, that's a culture that's going to take, you know, a while for some of us to change. I'm still slow to adopting that. It's not my natural form of communication. I've got to keep reminding myself. But if I want to find out what's going on in those conversations, well, the team has got to stop emailing me. You know, and we've and I've got to know that if the only way I'm going to find out about something is actually if I go to that Slack channel
1: and, and open it up and, and check it out. Yeah, we've got a whole bunch of Slack channels that we don't invite you to anyway. <laughs> uh, so, so, what are some other things that uh, might help you change culture? I,
0: I think one of the helpful tools that I've I've come across recently is is sort of understanding that um, uh, you know for change to work and culture to work it needs to be both poetry and plumbing. Um, you know, so Cotter's Cot is helpful with his eight steps. You know, he talks about creating a sense of urgency and building a guiding coalition and, um, you know, forming uh, a strategic vision and initiatives and then enlisting people and enabling action and, you know, generating short-term wins and sustaining that you know, that change and then you know formalizing and instituting and, and this is how we, we operate. Now for that to work it needs both, you know, poetry and plumbing. It needs both that vision piece, but it also needs the structures and systems that are gonna, you know, ensure that it actually gets bedded in into place. And so you see in, in Cotter's uh you know eight you know eight step for change you know that he that he will generate. You know, as he generates short-term wins, he's going to quickly move to helping you think into how can you actually institute that change into processes that mean that that behaviour is continued on. So it, it can't just be you know all poetry uh, and no plumbing. If if you're there, then you're a dreamer. You you're just talking. Uh, you're just talking and sharing an idea. You want to have both in place. Uh, and so just as, you know, culture eats strategy for breakfast and just about everything, you do actually need culture and strategy working together. So I want to encourage you, you know, you want to keep reminding people of this is who we are, but also want to have those systems in place that affirm it and uh, and back it up as well. All right. So how do we uh, handle opposition as we move towards change? Well, I, I think you've helped me think into this with, uh, you know, thinking about Kubler Ross's stages of grief. And so I think I've found... I found you know the conversations that we've had uh, about dealing with grief um you know quite helpful to uh to be thinking into in this space um you know realizing that uh you know just as change is is a process for an organization change for you know change for people is you know, is a process. They'll, you know, they'll go through, uh, you know, through shock and denial and frustration. You know, depression, experiment, decision, and then you know, integration. So I think as we're as we're leading any sort of you know culture change, I think we need to be aware that um, people are going to re- be responding to it um, at you know at, at different ways and at at, uh, at different um, at different stages. So just I think being aware. That you know, people are going to uh, hear things. There'll be those early adopters who go, "Hey, this is a great idea. You know, that, that's what I've been waiting for." That we're probably waiting for it to you know to work. Uh, and there'll be other there'll be others who, you know, you really are going to have to work hard on on you know on explaining it. It won't be until you know it's it's
1: embedded into the whole organisation that they'll you know that they'll get on board and go, "Yep, hey, great idea." And so that's key, isn't it? That when you're changing things, there is always going to be opposition. Sometimes great, sometimes little. There's always going to be opposition. Uh, You need to work out whether that opposition is is just and justified. But to know as you work towards a healthy culture, some people are not going to comfortably move towards that place and you need to love them in such a way you help them through it. And sometimes you need to walk through it even though they won't go with you uh, towards a healthy culture. It is a grief process, that, uh, for some people. Scott, that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, What's the one thing people should be taking away when it comes to healthy church culture?
0: I think it's important to realize that uh, you wanna have uh, both culture and strategy. Uh, You wanna be thinking about uh, the the shared behaviors, uh, the artifacts, the values, the things that lie below the surface. You wanna be assessing those things but you also wanna be recognizing uh, that you also need to have structures and systems in place that are gonna affirm that behavior. Uh, So I'd encourage you to think into your convictions uh, see how that works itself out in in the shared behaviours, the culture of your church, and then lock those things into uh, into you know constructs, into systems and processes that can keep affirming that um, that shared behaviour. and and don't let it don't don't just leave it there. You know, keep keep assessing it. One thing I have learned is that you want to you want to keep uh, you keep thinking into the culture as as your team changes, as your church grows, and keep reminding people of those
1: key convictions. The One Thing is part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network and we're just going to take a moment to let you know about one of our top stablemates. Have you connected with the EST Church Podcast yet? Co-host Sam and Micah Fries, Josh King will introduce you to experienced church leaders who are dealing with the same challenges as most others who lead established churches. Every episode, you'll hear solutions to everyday issues church leaders face. If you're a pastor, a leader, established church, try and navigate the complexities of your congregation... This podcast is for you. Just look up EST Church in your favourite podcasting app. Subscribe today. And look, don't forget about the one thing. We're not saying go and listen to others and not us. You know, you've got two <laughs> ears. You can listen to at least two podcasts. Uh, we'd appreciate it. Just take a moment to rate sh- this show on iTunes. Even leave a comment. Hopefully positive, but just leave a comment. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of The One Thing. Coming up in our next episode, we are going to celebrate the year that it has been. That will be our last uh, podcast for the year. Uh, And so we're going to look back on uh, three of our favourite episodes from this year. Well, I'm Scott Sanders. And I'm Derek Henner. Chat soon.